Hi, and welcome to the Boat Princess podcast. My name is Nikki Vo, and I'm your host. I am a boat owner, a marina owner, a director on the Marina Industries Association, and a huge advocate for boating. In this series, I'm sharing the stories from every nook of the boating industry with the intention of encouraging more women to join me and for more women to get behind the helm too. I want to share the experience and opportunities of boating, of the boating industry, and I want you to join me as I bring the conversations and answer all the questions you've had. Boating is not just for the glamorous and rich and famous. It's full of beautiful and interesting people making the most of our natural environment and getting out there, enjoying the waterways. So let's set off the lines, take over the helm and escape to the world of boating. Good morning and welcome to the Boat Princess podcast. I have one of my lovely friends from the boating industry with me today, Duncan Kernow. Duncan Kernow is the owner of the Acme Group. Now, um, that always reminds me of uh, Roadrunner, Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) Can you explain where that name actually came from? (laughs) It's actually an acronym, believe it or not. Most people don't realise it. It's uh, it's a company that makes everything. Ah. There you go. Because uh, Roadrunner would uh, would buy his explosives and whatnot from Acme. <laughs> so uh, yes, we're a bit of a bit of everything. Excellent. Um, yes. So uh, Duncan is uh, one of our sponsors for this podcast. In terms of, he provides fantastic um, jackets and caps and so on for the boat princess, and we have some branded products that he's put together for us. So um, his brands cover Quality Marine Clothing and Ross and Whitcroft, and. Uh, he diversified, has diversified that uh, business further as well. So we're going to discuss all that today and talk about um, marine clothing generally because I don't think it gets enough, you know, there's plenty of adventure shops out there on the high street, um, but the sailing brands produce absolutely magnificent clothing and yet it's only the boating world that kind of knows about it. So I'd like to expose that to a wider public as well. So let's get back to the start of your world, Duncan. <laughs> um, why did you go into this space? I guess leaving school I was looking for a direction and I could follow the professional musician road of my parents. Um, or my mother, should say, and my father was um, in the clothing industry. Mm-hmm. And I sort of played with that space and played with the professional musicians, played with the Canberra Symphony. And I thought, oh, I don't want to work weekends. <laughs> Lo and behold, boat shows. Um, <laughs> I don't want to work late nights working for yourself. Uh, <laughs> I want to be able to, the joys of being able to travel. Um, and I went down the road of the clothing side of things from, from retail shops to wholesale to repping sort of three quarters of New South Wales which was great as a 20-year-old and visiting country towns and whatnot, but found the niche of marine. Uh, it was just before the Sydney Olympics and I found the brand Line 7 actually and really liked what it was all about. Yes. And pursued them actually for a job, mm-hmm. a job actually I had no idea about, which was corporate, which involves embroidery and printing onto garments for the big sponsors of what was going to be the Olympics. Uh, so I quickly learned all of that and um, found a nice little niche that I quite enjoyed um, and sort of grew it from there, if you like. That was the beginnings. 
must admit I'm, I do like the Line 7 brand. I have some pants I bought from you many, many years ago um, and they're still very comfortable, look very good. It's um, a great shame we've tried to reinvent the brand. It's come back in various forms but currently it's gone as you know it. It's owned by New Zealand Group again and it's basically uh, for one department store and that's it. You won't, wow. you won't see it when we've tried to get a licence and under royalty and well, hopefully Line 7 will hear this and get back to you. You never know. <laughs> I've been involved with the brand on and off with many owners, so <laughs> I do know the brand well and truly. So, um, okay, so you went into that retail space and distributing of clothing and all that sort of thing. And when did you actually start your own company? I took... Musto from the Line 7 brand, who was the official distributor in the mid-2000s and formed our own company with a couple of other partners uh, and rebuilt the Musto brand because obviously it was playing second fiddle to Line 7 at that time. So built Musto up um, and did that for about nine years. Left the Musto guys and then took a couple of years to find out exactly what the right model was listening to all the complaints in the industry, the problems, clothing's too hard, can't do this, can't do that. Finding the right model of what people wanted and how it was actually feasible to be done uh, took a couple of years and that was then pushing probably till 2000 and early 2010s, 10, mm-hmm. 12. Um, formed Quality Marine Clothing uh, with a, a guy that I met many years prior uh just by chance coincidence um and we formed quality marine clothing but we grew on that very very quickly um tony um is my back end and i can't do what i do without him and vice versa um so it's a good complementary fit uh, he had acme um as a company already which was two brands it's old guys rule and grumpy is good they're sort of um, 50 plus year old t-shirts yep uh, fun t-shirts uh which he was doing quite well with um, regional retail stores online. I brought the quality marine clothing element to it. Um, we'd always talked about a corporate element because people were asking for water bottles and mouse mats and welcome mats to boats and things that we could do. We had all the suppliers but didn't have it set up, so we set up Acme Corporate. And then with all of that, uh, a lot of people were asking, well, can I buy one of this, can I buy one of that, which we weren't set up to do either. We weren't a shop, so we actually acquired an online marine chandlery business called Ross and Whitcroft uh, from a group in Queensland. Um, so we now have an online shop. So there's four broad divisions to the Acme group, uh, which so Tony and I own the whole lot. It's been growing successfully ever since we started. So the Acme acronym really does, uh, it's suitable. For your business. If, yeah. it, if it can be branded, we can do it from a, from a coffee cup to a recyclable straw to a flag to a, anything that can be branded. Chance of we can do it. Uh, slippers for boats, um, all sorts of things. Which makes you a really nice one stop shop for businesses to deal with one supplier across exactly a where it wide happened. range. One point of contact, one invoice, one setup cost, one supplier. We do a, a luxury cruise ship liner out of Cairns who had 17 different clothing partners. Wow. Chasing 17 different people, back orders, invoices, blah, 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 blah. I don't know how each one operates. We, we took the contract, one supplier. They know they paid a little bit more in some areas, but the service that they get 
and the dependability and they know that they can call me anytime was well worth it for them just to make their life so much easier. So, yeah, it really is a one-stop shop now. Mm. And if you only want one or two, we've got the retail side. If you want a couple of hundred, we've got the uniform side. You're a big business and you're not really interested in marine, you've got the corporate side. Mm. That's great. So businesses often evolve from a problem that somebody has and that's exactly what happened here, isn't it, with yeah. that luxury cruiser? I'd heard so many times that clothing and uniforms were hard and I wanted to try and take that problem of hard because I knew it wasn't hard. Well, it wasn't hard for me, but I think people were looking in the wrong direction. And I think also what we're doing is quite unique in that it is a one-stop shop. We're not just one brand. We are literally everything from your basic cleaning T-shirts right through to your top-end technical wet weather gear, mm. and we can put it all together for you. The brands will try and push their product at you because that's what they've got. Mm. That's what their company manufactures, so that's what they have to sell. We flipped it on its head and said, Nikki, what do you want? What's your budget? What's your fabric? What's your colour? What's your price point? And actually listening to the clients and coming back after their brief with what their needs are rather than just trying to ram it down your throat because that's what I've got to sell. Mm. And people go, oh, okay, well, you listened to what I wanted. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted. So obviously not going to choose products that I can't get or, you know, being discontinued in a month's time or something. But, yeah, listening to the client and flipping it on its head and it worked. That's awesome. So you're in a partnership with Tony. Yes. Um, partnerships um, can be tricky or they can be really, really good. I think yours is really, really good. And how important to you is that having another person in the business to um, to bounce ideas off? and oh, Instrumental. Yeah. We don't always see eye to eye, but his strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. Uh, and just to bounce ideas off, you know, what about this? He goes, oh, mm, not really, but have you thought about this angle? Oh, gee, actually I hadn't thought about that angle. Just to give that sort of the backup and the confidence and just the sounding board, you know, during COVID it's been difficult. Obviously we haven't caught up face-to-face -face as often as we'd like to. Well, we try every quarter to sit down and have a dinner over a couple of hours and just talk all sorts of little things that we just don't get time for normally. Uh, and it has been absolutely terrific to have somebody that you know you can rely on 24-7 who's always there and he's got the same passion that I do about it all. And so we, we've got different roles, but obviously together as a team, it really works. And we're always there. We're always there packing up the boat shows, setting up the boat shows, late nights, travelling the world, seeing suppliers, whatever it happens to be, but we're in it together for sure. So... A lot of what you do in terms of uh, the boat shows and travelling to suppliers and so on, you've missed out on doing for the last 18 months or so, I'm guessing. Um, how has your business adapted to the whole COVID scenario? The uniform side has been interesting because the super yachts particularly have all migrated to Queensland. They haven't necessarily had the big Sydney money to charter the boats, so a lot of them have been up there and idle maybe, but doing stock tax, mm -hmm. revamping the uniforms. So we've been very, very busy on that front. We put a lot of effort into our social media for Ross and Whitcroft, and I hope you're following everybody, Facebook and Instagram. Um, a lot of effort there to really ramp that up to get it out because people couldn't go shopping so they could buy online. So we've really um, pushed the Ross and Whitcroft side, put new products, different products, uh, like Princess Gear. Uh, we now have launched uh, Princess Yachts, well, they are apparel as well. Uh, Middle, Hobby, Middle Harbour Yacht Club. Um, Code Zero being a brand new brand um, out of Europe, which some people will be familiar with. 
different products, promoting it heavily, and it's working. Um, the retail stores regional traditionally been doing very well because obviously people have been confined to sort of New South Wales. Um, the corporate's been a little bit slower um, because obviously corporate Australia hasn't been functioning. Mm. Um, but again, we've got a sort of a, a back-end SEO program on that to sort of really ramp that up. And now we've just opened up again. Um, people are starting to find us, which is great. Mm. So, yeah, just doing things behind the scenes, um, thinking ahead of the market, I guess, a little bit, not just sort of sitting on the morals and sort of waiting for it's going to come back one day, but obviously being proactive about it. And I guess Acme Corporate started in the initial lockdown of COVID last year when we talked about water bottles and, and mouse mats and coffee mugs and whatever that we could do, but we didn't have a site for it. So mm. actually that we started that process during the initial lockdown. So what's that site called? That's acmecorporate.com.au. So that is aimed not the marine market, um, but has literally thousands of products on there from, say, your hives to your water bottles to your beach umbrellas um, for, for any corporate organisation. A lot of people find us through the marine side. Mm -hmm. So like I'm looking for something a little bit different. They find us and they're sort of they're actually a company. You've got nothing to do with marine. Um, and then we might pass it over to the corporate guys, that part of the team as well. Again, both the corporate and the marine side, we're looking to be differentiate ourselves, to be a little bit more quality. There's a lot of promotional companies out there, if you like. It's just cheap stuff. Mm. We don't want to play in that market. We want to give you the service. Uh, we want to give you the quality and the experience that to makes it all enjoyable to come back again. And I guess that's that's really what differentiates ourselves is the service. Mm. Um, we pride ourselves on that. And, you know, an online shop is an online shop. Sorry, out of stock, see you later. No. Mm. Sorry, we can't do that. It's been discontinued, whatever the problem might be. But how about this one is similar? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. I don't believe any other online shop would offer that sort of service you know, when you're only offering one unit, but we do. Every every part of the business we do, we offer service. I must say I love my water bottles. <laughs> and everybody else that has seen my water bottles says, oh, they're lovely. I think you have the double-walled thermal Yeah, version. they're so yeah. good at keeping the champagne cold. You can, get, you can get very cheap ones, but don't keep the champagne cold. Yeah. You spend a little bit more money yep. and you get the good quality ones. And the pomery tastes really good every time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that we've been a little bit sneaky, you know, picnics with the water bottle with the pomery in, you know. You know you need a little backpack <laughs> that's got the thermal to keep the bottle cold and you can put the, um, the plates and the knives and forks and the glasses and everything in there and then brand the backpack as well. Did you hear that, folks? He was upselling me right there and then. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Just offering friendly advice. <laughs> So, so the boating industry is a little bit different to other industries. Um, what do you love about being in the boating industry specifically? I think the people. It's everyone's very passionate. You don't have people who aren't genuine. Don't last very long in the industry. We're all a big family. We're all a big community. It's uh, it's a cottage industry to some degree in Australia. It's still growing. And everybody's on the same boat that they wanted to grow. Everyone, everyone's excited about getting new people into boating. None of our staff are boaters at all. Tony and myself obviously aren't. And we've taken them out a number of times to experience that, okay, quality marine clothing is only one part of the big group. But it's a very integral part. And they're doing artwork logistics for super yachts, for Sydney to Hobart winners. And they don't actually know what these boats look like. And to take them out on the harbour and realise, wow, you know, a lot of them don't live near the water. Mm. To see it firsthand, oh, I recognise that boat. Oh, we've done gear for that guy or that company. Um, it gives them a real buzz. And yeah. to open it up to people who aren't 
traditional boaters, for me, gives a, a buzz as well. Yeah. And I think that's the same as, as a lot of people in the industry, that we enjoy showing what we love to others and getting other people into it. I think COVID's been terrific because everybody in the marine industry has been been doing well. Yeah. New people are experiencing it. Yeah. And it's, it's not limited. We want everybody to enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah, as many people as possible. That's yeah. our aim. Get as many as pe- people as well, possible what, out on the water. What is it not, not to love about being out on a boat and out on the water and joint with friends and you can pull up a quiet bay, you can race Sydney to Hobart, whatever you like. There's all these different facets of it. Mm. But it's just so relaxing and enjoyable. Life's, mm. life's for living. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, yeah, you're right. And in the boating industry, we do, we get wrapped up in the busy world of, of doing our business as all businesses do. But that day when you go back out on the water again in the boat, you think, oh, yeah, that's why I do this. Don't you? Look, absolutely. I, mm. When I first started, I had to take clients out every Wednesday night, twilight sailing. Oh, poor you. The boss would poke <laughs> me on the shoulder and go, you're bringing clients out with you, bloody well like it or not. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, and this was so late up to the Olympics, so I was dealing with some of the big corporates and I sort of, you'd like, can you like to come sailing and bring a few staff members? Oh, really? Sure. It's amazing how many people were scared. They really? pull out at the last minute, oh, the weather doesn't look good. Oh, I don't know how to swim. Swim? It's a 60-foot boat. You're not swimming. <laughs> but even if I had a splitting headache and I didn't want to go, just getting out on the water, just let it all go. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a feeling that it's, it's hard to describe unless you've been in out on the water and experienced it. But you just let the rest of the world go. Yeah, yeah. We're back to the old blue mind again, folks, which I, you will have heard me speak of many, many times, um, which is the book written by Wallace J. Nichols, and he's done a lot of research about being in, on, and around the water and how it actually affects your brain and puts you into blue mind. Um, and it really is a sensation that we all experience and we like, we'd like many, many more of you to experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. Can't speak mm-hmm. highly enough of it. So boat shows. Give me some funny stories from both shows. <laughs> uh, the G-rated versions. Um, <laughs> look, it's a great mixing pot of meeting people and uh, and catching up with old colleagues. Um, all sorts of shenanigans go on after hours and uh, we've had a few drinks and uh, a few dinners over the years, Nikki. We have. Um, pass. <laughs> <laughs> You put me on the spot, that one. <laughs> so, okay, so give me um, give me some challenges of um, work. So boat shows. Give me some challenges of, of what you have to deal with um, in being at a boat show. Long pause. Um, Lots. Yeah. What do you <laughs> That's what you're saying. Freight not turning up on time. Uh, Stock not arriving, price tags not arriving, um, staff suddenly calling in sick, uh, robberies. Uh, we got burgled after after hours one year. We had a mesh down and it actually turned out to be the cleaners, believe it or not. Oh, it was, no. It was another stand who had a, a video camera and they just yeah. kept it rolling all night long and actually videoed who broke into our stand and stole oh, the goodies. Wow. It was actually the cleaners, believe it or not. Gosh. Um the logistics of actually getting there and getting it set up on time is extremely stressful. Long, long days and nights. Um, and then, of course, long, long days and nights when you're actually running the show as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just a huge buzz, you yes. know, seeing people enjoying what, we've, what we're offering. 
Um, next next year's Sanctuary Co. Butcher, we're actually going to do the biggest stand we've ever done. Wow. Um, already locked away, which is exciting. That is exciting. Um, this year's Sanctuary Co. Butcher was terrific. Yeah. Um, we look forward to Sydney Hip Butcher coming back again, of course. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's nothing else like it where everyone can be together in one spot. Mm. You know, everyone's busy with their, their own business, with the humdrum day to day and sorry I'm busy, but at the boat show you actually see everyone together. Mm. And you guys have been doing boat show for years and years. Mm. I went out, I remember when I did my first one, I was only I was only uh, in my early 40s. That was the first time I did boat show. And it's so full on. You do stand all day, which obviously your energy has got to be up all day. And then you guys party every night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're going to all these events. So we're doing a whole day. We finish at 7 o'clock in the evening or whatever on the stand. Then we'd go off to dinner, party, blah, blah, blah. And then you guys would stay up till 2, 3 in the morning and then, and then back into it the next day. I don't know how you do that. How well, do you do as that? I said, I'm a business partner. I do more work in the evenings than I do during the day. Yeah. And he understands that because you never know who you're going to meet at the bar and yes. they've had a few sherbets and uh, they get a little more relaxed and you've been trying to pin that person down for yes. ages. Um, it's just all part of the buzz. Yes, you do walk away exhausted. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is part of if you want to be out there and networking yeah. and talking to the right people, you're going to find them at the bar. Yeah. A function. Yes. It's the place to be seen. Yes. Um, it's something that I've always worked hard at. I remember one year at Sydney Boat Show and I was coming up to the Sydney to Hobart, obviously, and Sydney Boat Show being July, and I'd only just started with, with Line 7 Musto at the time, and uh, HPX Wet Weather Gear is sort of the top of the line, the world leader, and sort of back then it was $1,000, I mean, 1200 a set. It's obviously a lot more nowadays. And uh, I was told I had to sell five sets by the end of the show or I haven't got a job. Wow. No one did this. Expensive stuff and it's technical, it's Gore-Tex. I, I knew nothing about it. I'm quickly grabbing the label and reading and ins and outs and ins and outs. And oh my God, I was practicing at night and the boss was saying, unless you sell five sets, that's it. You know, we, we need someone who can actually sell. Stress, stress, stress. I think I sold seven sets that boat show. So <gasps> <laughs> nice. <I could> <laughs> so but again, knowing your product, knowing all the ins and outs of it, you know, polos, caps, uh, uniforms is one thing, but obviously doing the technical side of it is something else that's going. And, you know, we do a lot of that nowadays. We do a lot of branding on it, obviously keeping the waterproof nods of, waterproofness of the gear. Yes. But, again, knowing the product to recommend it to people. Say, hey, look, I'm looking to outfit a crew. What do I want? Yeah. Done a couple of Sydney and Hobart's. I know what it's about. Yes. I know what cold and wet is all about. You want to go to the budget version? No problem. You're going to get cold and wet. You're going to be miserable for three days. Your crew's not going to perform. Yeah. Completely up to you. I'm recommending this gear, but yes, it's going to cost more. Yes. Knowing your product, knowing what the uses are, living and breathing the industry. That's it. Yep. And, and having that actual experience of doing the Sydney to Hobart. So tell me about that. I guess it had been mentioned a number of times and it really is true that the respect I got selling technical wet weather gear was quadrupled after I'd done a Sydney to Hobart. Okay. You can walk the walk, you can talk the talk. Until you've actually done it, and people know you've actually done it. They sort of okay, you're just a salesman, you're just selling selling your stuff. Yeah. But they actually know now that I've I've lived and breathed it. I had a retailer in Queensland. He's a retail shop for twenty years or something. Why is it gear so expensive? I don't get it. He did a Sydney to Hobart, he goes, I get it now. Uh, Understand now why the prices are what they are, why the technical fabrics are what they are. You know, he'd been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. But he didn't get it until yeah. he'd actually done a sitting at home himself. Yeah. So you're being part of the industry and not just sort of a salesman and just 
you know, selling stuff for the sake of it. You're actually passionate about it. And people can tell that. Yes. People know that you know what you're talking about and you're living and breathing and, and you know, you take care in what you're doing. Yeah. And those technical jackets, I have to say, we've got some really nice mustos at home and some nice um, slam at home and they go everywhere with us. They're in the boot of the car continuously because they're a really great jacket to slam on on a bad weather day. But also... Um, my boys have often skied down the slopes in a musto. Often hear the story. Yes. Yeah, because um, they're such technically good jackets. Um, and I think um, it's interesting that, you know, the ski market sort of entirely focuses on ski jackets, whereas those are those are brilliant for skiing. They're absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. And a lot of people over the years have sent me photographs of them wearing particularly their musto gear skiing because it does work. It's the same principles. I guess the difference is that there's lots of different levels of Gore-Tex to take that fabric as an example. And the level of testing that they do in the top of the line HPX Gore-Tex is far and behold a lot more than your average wet weather gear. It's a human test. A human will get into a rain room and actually do star jumps and push-ups to try and emulate rain coming from every angle, including upwards, wow. because a wave coming up the side of the boat will go up your trouser leg. Yes. Um, whereas traditional rain will just come straight down. So Gore-Tex will actually go to that extent and obviously that's what, to get the, the tick of approval to use the fabric, that's the testing that they'll do. So the, the sailing gear is often put through more rigorous testing than any other sort of rain jackets, if you like. Obviously every brand does their own testing in different ways. Gore-Tex obviously is the extreme. But the jackets and the sailing gear is not made in tens of thousands that you'll find in your more outdoor shops. Mm. Because the sailing gear doesn't have that main street following, if you like. It's just as good as, if not better, than a lot of those brands. So Gore-Tex will test everything to the nth degree. You have to submit a uh, sample. So you have to submit, um, what's the word? Designs. They will tick off on it and go, yep, that looks waterproof. They will then sell you enough fabric to make a sample. You have to make that sample, submit it back to them for them to test it, to say modifications or tick approved. You can go into production and then the first off production, then they you have to send it back to them. So when Gore-Tex are saying that they guarantee something, they really guarantee it. Wow. And nobody else goes through that same testing process. There are lots of different levels of Gore-Tex from a basic rain jacket style to your full-on technical work with you. And obviously your testing for each level is a little bit different. But they guarantee it globally for the life of the product. So, I mean, a, a professional sailor is only going to have potentially two or three years, whereas average Joe Bloggs will probably have 10 years. Oh, I could get at least 20 out of mine. That's how often you wear it and how often you wash it. Yeah. But, yes, they guarantee it. And no other brand does that. No other fabric does that. There's only a couple of people that go to actually sell that fabric too. So... Your camping stores don't throw through all of that rigmarole testing. Mm. Your camping stores are mass-produced, uh, a dime a dozen stores, if you like. They're everywhere. Your sailing marine stores are very few and far between. Mm. The volumes obviously aren't there that are produced in the camping stores, but the product is just as good to wear down the high street, if not better, Yes, because it's really tested for all angles of water, not just general rain and hiking. Well, plus they come in red, white and blue and not green. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it is amazing. When I was in, um, I lived in Sweden for a couple of years, 
the marine brands were the trend. You would see the marine brands walking down the street. Oh, yeah. is that a sailor? No, it was just a trendy thing to do. Yes. Sweden particularly, so cold, so wet, they take their jackets so seriously because mm. of the extreme climates. We don't have the climate here. We don't have the population here. You don't get as many um, general people wearing it, but, yes, the product is just as good as, if not better. Oh, I think it's better. Absolutely think it's better. And a lot you- groovier too. Yeah, so much, so much um, more stylish. I think. Well, spunk about it. Yeah, and and just the zip details and the every everything about a sailing jacket. It's really been thought out, thought out, and the pockets that are hidden in them, and the. Well, you've got a you pr- practical pocket for your sunglasses on the one side, or a compass on one side, or where you can put your knife or whatever. Yeah. Practical locations for if you're sitting on a boat, that you can actually still get into. Yes. Yeah, and no, I love them. And they're um, lightweight and, yeah, obviously there's different weights they come in. But, yeah, some of them are so lightweight and yet they are so wind and waterproof. That that slam one you've done for me. I've seen you modelling out occasionally. Oh, it's fantastic because it's, honestly, when I'm standing in a, an incredibly windy day, my legs feel like I'm in an incredibly windy day, but my, dra- my torso is like, oh, is there some wind around? <laughs> Because it's inside the jacket. It's absolutely amazing. Slam's an interesting one. Because it's Italian, it's similar climate to us. It does get very warm, but it can get very cold. So they want product that is light, waterproof, windproof, but without the bulk. Um, and you get your European, I'm sorry, you get your, uh, your English and your Scandinavian brands, and they are a lot heavier because their conditions are so much different. So the Italian products often work with our climate because of the, so the, the similarities um, that they've got of the of the heat and the cool, whereas England doesn't get that hot, so they don't care about so much of the lightness. So, so which brands do you have on your Ross and Whitcroft side of sailing gear? All of them. <gasps> so give me those. Ellie Hansen, Gill, Musto, Jubari, Code Zero, Sail Racing, um, Events, VMG, which is a super yacht brand. And um, Slam. And Slam, of course. Um, but then, of course, there's a lot of brands that aren't necessarily sailing technical but yeah. fit just as well into the sailing sphere, if you like. Yeah. Um, a lot of people ask on QMC, can we buy it? So that's obviously why we put onto Ross and Whitcroft. Um, there's waterproof socks that are not really a brand per se, but obviously. Waterproof socks? Waterproof socks. Really? I didn't know they existed. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing worse than getting cold and wet feet when you're inside your boots. No, not wrong. Ah, oh, there you go. All sorts of little things. So the the serious hiker yeah, can absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely come your way for equipment again, that's as well. All, that's where we've sourced the right product that's going to fit into the marine boating world. And even though it's a, it is actually a hiking-based product, it works perfectly well in the marine world. Mm. Mm. So we're we always sourcing new products that fit into the marine space. That's very cool. And I think they're a bit more, um, I mean, I know the jackets I have, they're, they're, they're nicely shaped. Uh, more so than again the adventure brands. They're yes, a bit, they're a bit, a bit more. There is style a definitely a very good growing trend to female jackets. It's been a call for a long time. Unfortunately, all the marine stores are very male dominated owned, mm-hmm. and they don't have any females actually working there, which I've always said. But again, it's another staff member and training them up and whatnot. But the brands are all starting to make female jackets a lot, lot better shaped. Yeah. Rather than just a box, which works for the blokes, but obviously. Females have got different bumps, so it's good to have something with more shape. Different bumps, that's one way of putting it, Duncan. It's a, it's a gentle <laughs> way. 
So yes, you're Should we say curves rather than bumps? Do you think you could say curves too if you like? <laughs> so there's a lot of female jackets on the uh, on the website. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I love about uh, sailing jackets in particular is um, the little features that they have that you don't necessarily get on an average jacket. So there's things like the the hood tight tightly and very beautifully put into the collar um, which actually gives a, a a collar that's raised as well um, which is a lovely feature and then there's things like the cuffs that close in and uh, to keep the water out but it also that also gives the sleeve a bit of extra shape and all that sort of thing and I think it's all about the detail on them. There's always this argument whether you need it or you don't. The sleeve is a common one because with boating you're always putting your hand up to grab something and water will always come down the sleeve which is different from camping or hiking where you generally will have your hand always down so generally it'll be a second cuff or if it's only one it'll certainly be velcroed so you can pull it in nice and tight the hood in the collar is an interesting one it depends where you are on a boat and what sort of boat whether you actually want a hood at all a lot of people don't but some people do you can't make two jackets one with and one without some one not make a, a hood that zips off so, yes, you can tuck it right in, have a nice, good uh, protection around the back of your neck, a bit of padding there, or if you don't like it, you can just zip off the hood completely, uh, which, again, I don't believe the hiking world does. Mm. So, again, it's, just, it's little adaptions that are always thinking, improving, tweaking to what people like on boating because boating, I think, is a lot more active in many aspects than hiking and camping because you're putting yourself into little cubby holes. You're reaching up high. You're on your hands and knees. You're up a mast. You're absolutely. Mm. Where water's going to get in. So you need to be more flexible. And so it comes right down to the shorts as well, to being able to be flexible with adding more stretch into it, um, able to add a tool belt if you want to. That the, the belt loops are big enough so you can put a thicker belt through there. It's all the little details. Love it. So you, I sensed a little bit of frustration about the lack of females within the industry at this point. Um, you have some females on your team, don't you? Yes, we have three. And what are their roles within your um, company? Warehouse manager. She's been with us 15 years. Um, we have uh, the corporate sales manager and customer service. And we're looking for somebody else, which will probably be a female, in a production coordinator. Oh, did you hear that, folks? Get yep. in touch with Dunks. He's looking for somebody. We have positions open, yes. <laughs> um, their attention to detail is terrific. Um the atmosphere and what, so we're more, we're more than just marine, obviously, but what we bring to the table as far as a fun working environment they all enjoy, um, it's a family. And during the lockdown, obviously, they all had homeschooling, which is frustrating for us, but also frustrating for them. And they just love to come back because they like the environment of what we uh, what we produce because we want it to be a family. So we do take them out on the water. We do do the family, not the family, the team days, if you like. Yeah. Rather than just you coming to work nine to five, that's it. See you later. Yep. Um, to create a little bit of a bonding there as well. We do encourage obviously females to work with us, um, and it is great because often, often in my role, the purchasing or the marketing side of a business is generally a female, um, and the attention to detail that females give that the guys don't is quite incredible. The, the contrast. Mm. And a little bit more, I guess, fashion sense to it as well, do you think? Absolutely. Always pushing my boundaries as to products that aren't readily available but always wanting to ask the question. Yeah. Um, I'll always try and satisfy but obviously can be tricky in products that obviously aren't available long term as well. 
And do you think that push for the female clothing is where has that com- come from and, and how is it developing? I think there are more female boat owners um, who are getting more confident to say, I don't want a man's jacket. I want a proper shaped jacket. Um, and people finally are starting to listen. Uh, the manufacturers obviously are starting to produce them. Um, and then as soon as they see your colleague out, um, my, my good friend Nikki here wearing a lovely jacket, they go, <laughs> where can I get one? That looks great. I want one too. Yeah. Um, so it's starting to so that ripple effect sort of get out there, if you like. But I think I think I've probably seen it from the top down that I remember going to a conference some years ago where people said that the owners are getting more and more involved in the, the nitty-gritty decisions on a boat. Well, Arona's really going to get involved in uniforms and the clothing. And sure enough, a couple of years later, I have now seen it, that I'm dealing more and more with direct owners of boats than I am sort of of the manager or captain or the chief stew. And so the owners want the right gear. Yeah. And they're not relying on somebody else to do it. And they're insisting, I want proper women-shaped gear. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, That's it's good exciting to, to see it. And yeah. good to see that so many suppliers now are doing a matching men's and women's. Same, obviously, fabric and and look, but obviously properly shaped. Yeah. So, folks, something you may not know, but um, what's a really nice thing to do when you have a a boat is to actually have some branded gear for your boat. You don't have to be a super yacht level to have some really nice jackets branded to the name of your boat. Um, And it looks, it's really lovely to just have the jackets hanging up in the boat with the boat name on. It's, It's kind of a nice touch, I think. Look, absolutely, and you don't have to go with a brand name necessarily and you don't have to buy big numbers. Yeah. You know, we're doing more and more half a dozen here and half a dozen there for people who like to have the right look on board and feel a little bit special. Even if it's just a cap and a jacket, a couple of guests on board, just the family, you know, this is our boat. Yeah, that's so good. So on it's that note. It's a nice note, little touch. It is a nice little touch. It, it just adds that little extra element to the boat, doesn't it? Of, of attention to detail and style. Absolutely. There's yeah. not many people that can do it. Yeah. We're the people. Yeah. So on that note, um, we have actually created some fantastic caps with Duncan um, for the Boat Princess. They are available on his site. So that's uh, rosswickroft.com.au. And if you go to the merchandise section and click on the Boat Princess um, the club merch, isn't it? The club merch the club section. Merch. So yep. club merch, and then you go to the boat princess. You'll find our fantastic caps on there. They are designed to be worn in the wind. They don't come off. <laughs> and, one, one version's got a little clip on it. Clip on your shirt. It does. As well. yes. It does. Yeah. So that's truly for getting out there sailing. Um, we're trying to start a movement with those caps to get as many women who love their boating. Um, but also women that are at the helm of their lives who are strong women that are showing that they are independent and and really enjoying their lives and, and doing what they do. So um, it's been an absolute delight for me to see people like Nick Douglas, um, Karis from Venture and Gain, um, people out there who have their own businesses and love boating and um, wearing my cap. It's very exciting. So we start trying to start a bit of a movement with it as the boat princess because you are all boat princesses if you want to be. And, um, and you can find some other goodies on the site as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
(laughs) (laughs) But um, but we're trying to start a movement with that. We'd love to see you wearing the cap. Every cap that we sell, we will donate a dollar to the Making Waves Foundation because that's just something we'd like to do. Um, That's a a brilliant charity that obviously um, provides boating for those that perhaps don't have the opportunity to do it otherwise. So... Um, I hope you see that on the site. It's been lovely talking to you today, Duncan. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. We've been mates for a good long time. It's good to see you. And uh, thank you very much for everything you do for The Boat Princess. Thank you for everything you do for us. We'll be welcoming you to our showroom shortly. Excellent. (laughs) I look forward to it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that episode with us today. It's been lovely having you here as always. And I do hope that you'll give us a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. I really enjoy the feedback that I receive um, from all of you. And it's been lovely to know that I've been inspiring you and you've enjoyed listening to all the amazing people that I get to talk to on this podcast If you'd like to contact me, simply go to my website, theboatprincess.com. If you'd like to see more of what I'm up to, please follow me on Instagram at theboatprincess. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here and I look forward to talking to you again soon and I'll see you on the water soon.